0: This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com writing excuses. Season 11, episode
1: 36. This is Writing Excuses Elemental Relationship.
0: 15 minutes long. Because you're
1: in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Howard. I'm Dan. And we're going to be talking about relationship stories, specifically stories in which the prime
2: motivation for you turning page to page is a relationship generally between two characters. And we want to be clear that this is not about romance necessarily, though it can be. Yeah. It can also be buddy cop. It can be, you know, road movie father-son kind of thing. Whatever the, the... Two people and the way they relate to each other is the core. However, that relationship yeah. Although I will up.
0: also say that in some mm-hmm. ways it's not even two people because National yes. Velvet, right. Black Beauty, those are yeah. still relationship okay. yep. stories. You're, you're right. absolutely you're totally right. right.
1: And it's not there. Sometimes there's three, sometimes there's four. We differentiate this from ensemble, which we'll get to later, um, in that this, this, this singular relationship is what's driving it. And we always ask, what makes people turn the page, page by page? Well, in this case, your progress, your sense of moving through the story is you want to see how this relationship develops. And that is primary to your motive. Now a lot of stories have relationships, and we'll talk in two weeks about how to fold this into another story and use this as a subplot. For now, we're talking about those stories that are driven primarily by that relationship.
0: So there, there's an interesting formula that that works whether you're talking about a, a, a romance or um, a bromance, mm-hmm. but but buddy cops, a buddy cop film often has this pattern, um, and uh, it it goes like this: denial. Mm like oh no we're never going to get right, along right right reluctance well maybe maybe we can and then exploration well let's see how this works out if we try to cooperate mm-hmm. and then acceptance right and and then in in romance matrimony but in in <laughs> other forms yeah. it is partnership
1: right mm-hmm. right um when long ago when dave when I Dan and I took the class from Dave he talked about this one a lot with the idea of, he called it braided roses, um, which was, he said, first you want to show why each person is a rose, Mm -hmm. why you like them both so much. And then you want to show that they have thorns, Mm -hmm. and that those thorns poke each other. And then the story is weaving those thorns around so that the stems align, and you see that they They can fit together together perfectly. together, perfectly Despite their thorns. Yeah. Um, and so he said a relationship story is braiding roses.
0: Yeah. And Lethal Weapon is a beautiful mm-hmm. example yeah. of this because it is those, those are two thorny guys. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. But I mean, uh, most really great romances um, are going to have the same sort of thing where you'll start off, often they'll start with the viewpoint of one of the characters um, and they'll show just how their life is wrong and they're messed up. Uh, Sandra Bullock from While You Were Sleeping is a great example mm-hmm. of this, where it's like she has got all this bumblingness and awkwardness and things like this, and then they braid the roses with with her and um, Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman, and by the end, you're like they're perfect together. Yeah.
3: You know, one of the things that I've uh, noticed about relationship stories that actually makes me a lot tenser mm-hmm. than the same moments in adventure stories or horror stories even. And that is our act two disaster where the relationship worsens always just breaks my heart. And I like that feeling less than the feeling (laughs) that, you know, oh no, the house is on fire. Oh no, the world might be destroyed. Oh no, these two people I like aren't getting along. Right. Those stakes are huge for me. Mm -hmm. And in terms of getting people to turn pages, in terms of getting people invested— uh, eliciting that feeling during the act two disaster yep. um, or whatever passes for that in the structure that you're using mm-hmm. is, uh, is critical. I, and I bring that up because, Mary, as you described these phases, um, you made it sound like a smooth progression and it's not going to be it's that not, at all. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I should yeah. give
0: credit to Elizabeth Boyle. She's the one who taught that um, to me in a romance class and it was brilliant. And I've discovered that it actually applies to a lot of different relationship things. Yeah.
2: Now, when we're talking about that kind of end of the second act, everything goes wrong in a relationship, this is so easy to do poorly. Mm -hmm. Uh, To the point that it has a word, it has a name, which is the idiot plot. You know, the plot that could be solved in five seconds if the characters would talk to each other. And you see this in rom-coms all the time where, you know, one character sees the other one talking to a person and think, oh, they're being unfaithful to me or whatever it is don't do that, but, you know, you still need that bumpiness. Right. You just well, need to earn it.
1: I'll bring out, again, while you were sleeping, if you guys haven't seen this, Sandra Bullock pretends, she's like, she falls in love with this guy. Mm-hmm. Not really. Infatuation with him. He's, like, perfect. And she pretends to be his fiance. I believe it is. Yes. Unbeknownst to his family, she gets ta- gets into this kind of accidentally. She didn't mean it. She just, he Gets in a car wreck and is, un- is in a coma or whatever, and so she gets pulled in by the family. Meanwhile, they build a relationship between her and Bill Pullman, his brother, right? Mm. Well, the act two disaster is the guy wakes up, mm-hmm. right? And suddenly, the whole farce is going to come tumbling down, her lies, but he doesn't remember and he just assumes the trauma caused him to forget and that they yeah. are engaged. It's so much better than the Exactly idiot because of the yeah.
2: entire movie has been building toward it. Yes. And it's not it's not something you can solve in five minutes of conversation. Mm-hmm. That's the whole problem. Yep. You were gonna say something, Mary.
0: Um the, the one of the things that I was gonna say is that we we tend to when we're when, when things go terribly wrong with yeah. with these re- relationships, that a lot of times we feel like it needs to be something that the characters are struggling with between each other. Yeah. And it, anyone who has a relationship knows that a lot of times the conflicts that you have between each other are mm-hmm. actually a reflection of a conflict that is coming from outside. Yes, Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at the thing that is is causing the the, the denial or the, the the any that that tension between the two characters, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be the you lied to me. Mm. It, yeah. it can be it can be something as simple as you didn't take out the trash, which is actually about the fact that we don't have enough money to pay rent.
2: Right, mm-hmm. right. And uh, one one of my favorite uh, love stories that does this is actually Pride and Prejudice, and at least the way I interpret it, the big. Oh, no, everything comes crashing down moment is actually neither of the two mains, but it's the stupid little sister who Mm -hmm. runs off with the soldier. And all of a sudden, again, we've been building the entire book that he can't align himself with a family that has this kind of shady goings-on. And so when the little sister does that, well, it's all over. Now, this story is not primarily
1: a relationship that I'm going to reference, but... It's a good example of using it in not a romance, and that is Star Wars, the original Star Wars, which is when Han Solo leaves. Han Solo, we've been building a relationship between him and Luke and Leia, and there's this idea of there's a friendship going. He's going to be a good guy, but we all know he's going to go as soon as he gets paid, Mm -hmm. and he gets paid, and he does go. That's the crisis of that relationship, even though it's not a major relationship movie, and that's the sort of thing you're looking for where, of course, he's going to leave. That's what we've been saying he's going to do, but you really want him to come back, and that's why you cheer when he comes back and why in some lesser film, you might have the reverse where the character says, you know what? I decided I'm going to stay. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to come back or whatever, and you don't cheer because that momentum wasn't there. You're not on board for the, yeah, I know he's going to leave but I secretly want him to come back. You've got to make the reader feel like the characters do rather than have them screaming at the characters, no, that's not what you would do.
3: And the reason Han's departure works in Star Wars is not because we knew he was leaving, oh, he's a rogue, oh, he's a mercenary. It's because when he is on the way out, Leia tells us, what she thinks of him. Mm -hmm. And that's heartbreaking because we want them to be friends. And
1: now they are not friends. I'm going to stop us for our book of the week this week. And Mary, you have the book of the week this week, one with a very interesting title.
0: Yes, I love this book. It's called Beyond Heaving Bosoms. Uh, This is not fiction. This is a really serious, and by serious, I mean hilarious and comedic, in-depth look at the the genre of romance, mm-hmm. um, specifically it has several chapters looking at relationships and how they work and the different types of relationships that appear in romance, mm-hmm. both old school and new school. It is, first of all, hilarious. Second, really, really smart. It's by Sarah Wendell and Candy Tan of, uh, Smart Bitch- Bitches Trashy Books, which mm-hmm. is a great website, Um, And I highly recommend this. Anyone who is interested in writing relationships, even if you're not interested in writing a romance, this is a book you should read.
1: Excellent. Available wherever good books are sold. Mm -hmm. And I want to take a moment here talking about this, just because we've been doing elemental genres for a while, I want to reinforce a concept that maybe we haven't talked about uh, enough. When I pitched this to the podcasters, it was this idea of, we want to start distilling stories down to their base components so that our listeners can use those to build their own stories. Um, We often talk about this idea of what causes someone to turn the page. I want the listeners, I want to reinforce this idea that we build these stories based around these crisis moments in some ways. Um, We brought up this idea the crisis is a crisis between the relationship. That's how you identify a relationship plot. Um, If you're watching, you're like, oh, the big moment, what I'm scared of, is if these two characters are going to still be friends or not. That means you have built a relationship plot. And we often talk about promises and fulfilling on promises. The importance of this, why it's so useful, is because you as an author can then identify, I need to be making the right promises for my right crisis moment. I need to be making promises of tone and progress so that that moment is effective, rather than doing other things and then having a turn in the middle that doesn't match the, the sense of progress, the sense of conflict that I've been building through my story. And I see, this is one of the number one things I see in my students, is that they know they need a crisis they come up with one, but it does not reinforce why people have been reading the book up to that point.
0: Yeah, and and I think one of the things that people are looking for when they mm-hmm. are looking for a relationship is they're looking for the conflict, sure. Yes. But actually the thing that they're reading for is the moment when they the characters support each other. Yes,
1: yes, I would agree with that 100%.
0: And, and you do need the conflict where you question whether or not that support is going to come, like the, right. the moment when Han leaves. Mm-hmm. The reason we cheer is because he's supporting them. He is right. there. And that, I think, is the thing that keeps people reading, that that that, that sense of yeah. the moment when they support. Like in that denial, reluctance, right. you know, um, exploration, acceptance. You're
1: it's, looking for that. And you want not just acceptance, a... A, a willingness to fight for it. Yes, like that's I where I would, for you. That's where mm-hmm. I, I would put a step beyond that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the Han coming back, because he's giving up a lot to come back, and we see the ramifications of that in the next film. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the moments that we want in our stories. Let me ask you guys this. How can, in a relationship plot, how can you indicate to the reader that these two characters belong together in some way
2: without just making it so obvious that it's dumb. Okay, so there we, earlier when we talked about braided roses, and I love, the, I love that term, but there's another one that I like to use because I think it takes it a little step further. And uh, in Mexico, kind of their phrase for soulmate is media naranja, which means half orange. You have to find your half orange. And the concept of that is that you complete each other. You mm-hmm. each have something that the other one does not have. Mm. Right. And that's what makes you fit together so well. And so when I'm... Telling a relationship story, I'm trying to find those moments. Not necessarily thorns, but holes or gaps mm-hmm. where I am lacking something that this other person can, can fill. Excellent. Yeah, I—and
3: maybe this is just me, but in a good relationship story, in a good love story, I have fallen in love. Mm-hmm. In a friendship story, I feel like I am now friends with these people. It is it it is that real for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if you haven't done it right, I am watching two people fall in love, but I don't like either of them. Right. Um, I'm watching two people be friends, and I would not ask either of them to go mm-hmm. to a movie with me or out to dinner or whatever. <laughs> um, when you when you find the the media neuronha, huh? um, if you and I don't know. I, I don't know how this works, but but when you give me, the reader, this sense that I am incomplete and this character is somehow completing me, yeah. th- then I'm there. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that, uh, I was ju- thinking, as you were talking, I was thinking about uh, Scott Lynch's The Gentleman Bastard series and the relationship between, um, oh my, Locke Lock, Lock and Oh, no. Jean. Okay. Locke and Jean. Yes. No, I'm I'm much less invested in the Locke and Sabatha oh. relationship. Well, we can talk about that, that later cuz yeah. I'm all over that. <laughs> yeah, that's because you're a Guy. <laughs> Sorry. That is mm, I have I have I have I love Scott. I have I have very strong feels there. Um but the 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 Locke and Jean relationship is fantastic, mm-hmm. I think. And and one of the things for me, which ties into what Howard was saying, is that I want to be friends with them. And Locke keeps making really crappy choices. And I want him to make a better choice. And I think one of the things with the relationship films, and you see this in Lethal Weapon, you want them to make mm-hmm. a better choice. And that moment of support that that's the moment when they make the better choice. And that's the moment when you and the character are most in alignment, I think. And that's, I think, a lot of what people are reading for.
2: Well, and one of the reasons that works, I think, is because Jean is so supportive. Yes. And so, to Howard's point, I want Jean to be my friend. Yes. Because I want that kind of support from my friends. And you guys are just not pulling your weight. <laughs> No.
0: You know, (laughs) it's because you've got that green headband I know. Dude,
2: it's act two. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Um, let's call it here and go to our homework. Dan, you have some homework for us. I do. I want you to go out and grab a romantic comedy of some kind, one you've seen before, one you've never seen, doesn't matter if it's good or bad, and watch it and take notes as you go. And what are the things, you know, how do the characters meet? What do they do that helps each other? What do they like about each other? What do they not like about each other? Where are those gaps and missing pieces and thorns that define that relationship? And just take notes as you watch and and see what that teaches you about how the story is constructed. All right. This has been
1: Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write.
0: Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction.